Hi guys and welcome to Waiting in the Wings with me, Lucy and Anthony. So after a long time, welcome back to the podcast. We do apologise for our um, brief hiatus from the show. Um, what have we been doing, Lucy? Why have we not been giving our lovely listeners their, their bi-weekly podcast? Well, summer happened. <laughs> yeah. Kind of um, hit us a bit, didn't it? Yeah. I think the heat wave got everyone on an early holiday and then everyone was just playing catch-up for the rest of the the summer yeah. period. We, yeah, we had quite a busy August month as well. We both had a lot of uh, jobs and different bits and pieces happening. Also, we had our uh, wonderful show, Tick, Tick, Boom, at the yeah. end of, uh, well, st- end of August, start of September. September. But that was a big reason as to why we just had... Very intensive rehearsal no, period, yeah, which followed by a very intensive show period so um yeah and unfortunately we were going to go see uh joseph and the amazing technicolor dreamcoat for our last episode the big you know the, the big, big thing that everyone was waiting for the season finale but when it got down to the like dates we could do it was literally not cheapest ticket was like 40 pounds and i was like i love joseph but i'm not spending that sort of money no um also the run just ended a lot sooner than i thought it was you know me too you know when you feel like a run is going on like forever and you're like oh i've got like two months i can buy tickets and then like it's like and we're closing on saturday and you're like what but if you are a fan of joseph you will see that it is coming back it is indeed at the palladium in 2020 yeah summer i think so maybe it'll be on maybe end of season two or start of season three maybe so you will get your joseph podcast but just for uh, the ending of this series i don't think we're going to be able to finish on joseph which is a shame <laughs> but we will do it sometime but instead what do we have lucy we have decided to host our own awards ceremony yes. since we weren't invited to the Tonys or the Olivier's. Yeah, still um, snubbed by that, but yep. alas, um, very offended. Moving on. Yeah, obviously this is the most important awards ceremony of this year. We have lots of big <laughs> celebrities here with us today, you know. Uh, we have very prestigious awards that we're having to hand out. No, no, all kidding aside. No, it's just, it's to recognise people that um, <laughs> that we really, really enjoyed and thought kind of gets the recognition that maybe uh, something like the Olivier's or the Tony's wouldn't. And obviously everyone cares about what me and Lucy have to say. Yeah. Because it's the most important thing, obviously. so lucy tell me just a general sweeping statement what do you feel about theater that we've seen over the past year i mean we started this podcast in what february january has it really been that long yeah it's been long (laughs) our first podcast we go back to jamie like and i think we definitely saw that in january which is just disgusting but can you tell me any like big positives that you've seen anything that you want to comment on i feel for the world of musical theatre this is a really interesting time to be opening the conversation on certain topics in terms of gender equality colorblind casting or color conscious casting in terms of changing the structural canon of musical theatre having these delicate changes that hopefully it's going to inspire future generations to mix up um so i feel with the shows that we've done in season one we see a lot of different styles we've seen a lot of um the more golden age musicals kind of coming back to the forefront. We've seen original contemporary kind of this collision of pop culture with uh, musical theater and how that is sort of becoming a brand by itself. Um, We've also seen how celebrity casting, which I feel is definitely a 21st century ideal, how that's influenced the musical theater um, world. Um, And 
I think to be talking and to be going out into the musical theatre world right now is very, very great and very, very poignant. And I think it's a very interesting time to be alive. Yeah, I think just looking at the nine shows that we've been to see, it's really interesting just to look at how different they all are. Like, there really does seem to be, like, something for everyone. Like, if you like something really modern, you know, you can go see something like Jamie or Come From Away. But if you like something that's a bit golden oldies, you know, like, you can go see something like Fiddler or something like... Um, follies but then again if you're not a big fan of musicals and you just want to go to a pop concert you've got six you know mm. so it's really it's really nice to see all these shows that are currently on at the West End I think they're all still open apart from follies apart from follies yeah but that was like a limited run anyway I think yeah yeah, yeah. oh and Adrian Mole is closing soon but like it's nice to see all these amazing shows currently just like being the forefront of what we would call um, British musical theatre yeah Welcome to The Birdies. We hope you're wearing your uh, best dresses, your, um, your dinner suit, dinner jackets, your DJs, yeah. Um, we've got a glass for a second with you because we're ready to celebrate. Um, ready to pop the champagne. Yeah, so the way this is going to work is me and Lucy are going to be, uh, we've come up with these different categories that we think uh, we want to be recognised. Some of them are like ones you've seen in award ceremonies before and some of them we kind of thought, oh, let's throw something different in there and do something a bit uh, weirder um, that kind of recognises other places that don't normally get recognised. Yeah. Um, so what we're going to be doing is we will be telling the nominations that we have come to a conclusion together are the people to nominate for that particular category. Then we're going to write down, in our opinion, who we think should win, switch our piece of paper over, and then reveal our answers. And then we're just going to have a good old debate about who we think should get the award. Um, obviously, these are all our own opinions. Don't come for us in the comment section. <laughs> Um, if you hated it or loved it, just let us know face to face. Being a creative is all about sparking debate and conversation. Exactly, exactly, Lucy. So our first award is going to go to Best Theatrical Experience. Now, I think when we all go to the theatre, we always recognise the um, actors, the creatives, um, the songs and the book. But one thing we I don't think we ever really actually go and really think about is the actual experience we had going into the theatre. So this is the award for um, kind of the best overall experience we had in going to the theatre. That's being the theatre itself, what it looks like, whether it's like clean and nice, the prices of everything. So that could be the price of the tickets, the price of the the drinks and like the programmes and stuff, and the front of house and just kind of general management of the whole experience in general anyways. Without further ado, here are our nominations for Best Theatre Experience. So, uh, the first one is to the Shaftesbury Apollo for housing Everybody's Talking About Jamie, uh, the Phoenix Theatre for housing Come From Away, the Savoy Theatre for housing 9 to 5, the Arts Theatre for housing 6, Adelphi Theatre for housing Waitress, the National for housing Follies, the Playhouse Theatre for Fiddler on the Roof, Prince of Wales for Book of Mormon, and Ambassadors Theatre for Adrian Mole. So, Lucy Crothers, are you ready to make your decision? Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay, the results are in, everyone. So, oh, Lucy Crothers has said uh, the Adelphi Theatre for Waitress. Mm. Um, why, Lucy? Well, I think the ambiance of the, the pies as you walk yeah. in. I just actually really like the Adelphi for one where it's situated. So it's right next to, it's obviously on the Strand. So it's really good for getting there and getting back. Um, there's lots of restaurants to, you know, enhance that theatre experience if you want to 
grab a quick bite to eat beforehand. I think the staff there are really helpful. Yeah, no, They also I agree. don't mind if you move seats, if you... Yes. And I know some theatres are quite strict on that. Yeah. I also think they're really good at making sure that people don't take photos of the shows. I think they're really on that. The second time I went to see Waitress, which was actually after we recorded our um, episode, but there was a few people in the audience that had their phones out during the performance and they were right on that. Good, They yeah, were yeah, yeah, um, yeah. making sure that everyone felt safe. Um... Also, I think their drinks prices aren't too bad. Yeah, it's ATG, so it's not great. But, like, I mean, I think when you go to the theatre, you kind of expect that's going to be the case anyways, that you're yeah. going to have to splash a bit more. For... Um, and they do have a few drink deals. Yes, um, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the, the, like, for, you can buy, like, a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. If you buy the rest of the bottle, it's, like, cheaper. Yeah. So I think it's really good at that. Um, also, the staff on there are really, really kind. Um, and I think... Maybe not specifically for Waitress being in there, but I think it's a very nice, clean venue. Yes. It's got nice air conditioning. And I think the sound from where I was the last time has got a good sound system. Yeah. I also think um, it's it was really clever in the way that they just themed everything. So, like, as soon mm. as you got in, it was like, bam, you can smell the pies. Like, it was just very different and clever. Like, you know, when you go to a lot of theatres, you walk in and it's like, okay, we just walked into a theatre. Let's take our seats. And then the show begins. It felt like the show kind of began as soon as you got into the theatre. Yeah. And I think as a receiving house yep it's a really good way of integrating the theater with the musical and it's not just a theater that's hosting waitress like it would yeah. really encompass oh the whole yeah, yeah, thing. yeah absolutely i think it's just it's one downfall is that it is just very big very um, big but if we're taking away the sense of how much we enjoyed the show and it's actually about the theater the experience of being in the theater itself i think yeah i'd agree with that yeah i think maybe if it was a different show yeah possibly something a bit grander maybe like for example when kinky boots was there yeah that might have been a very yeah, different exactly. experience so you the ambassadors yeah theater. i think just i don't know whether in general i would probably would have nominated if it'd been a different experience but when a as soon as we arrived we got in very quickly and then we were like upgraded seats now obviously that's because of ticket sales not being as great as they would like it to be but it just felt very easy breezy and it was nice yeah. that we got upgrade i mean not even that we would have not been able to see in the seats that we were in but because the theater is so small and intimate like you can just see everything even where depend like depending on where you're sat you know and like it was nice that we got upgraded first i mean it was a bit annoying with the drinks sometimes it took a bit long to get drinks because there was mm-hmm. only that one small bar but like i really liked it as a theater it was quite cute and like it was nice that we got that kind of upgraded experience experience because some places would just be like nah yeah i think the theater was active and the fact that it needed audiences for the forward want to make sure that all the children and it has those booster seats where kids can sit on them so they can still see the stage yeah Um, another atg theater interesting delphont mcintosh catch up you know i know um also i think what was nice about that theater is that um Oh, actually, no, that's not nice. That was a downfall. I was just talking about the accessibility. Oh, yes. Because, but it's fine for us because obviously we could move anywhere. But obviously there was someone who had struggled walking around the back of the chairs and had to move her seats. But they were very accommodating, it seemed, to the moving of... um, Yes, I agree. Theatre goers. What's the word for that? It's not customers. Patrons. Patrons. Um, But that's just a little thing to mention. But maybe that's not... A lot of theatres nowadays have very big, this theatre is not accessible to this person, like tube maps, I guess, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So just do your research before you go visit yeah. any theatre as my words so of guidance. I think we can come to probably the conclusion then that, are we going to say Adelphi's got this award? I think overall, possibly just having that extra kind of themed aspect to it. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I would agree. So congratulations, our best theatre experience goes to the Adelphi Theatre for Waitress. Bing, bing, bing. Okay, so now we're going to lead on to our second award of the night, which is the 
best book award. Ooh. Mm. Are we doing this separate to the score and the li- uh, like the lyrics? Or are we just doing this together? We it's are doing it's this. It's up to you, Lucy Crothers. All together. All together. Best book and lyrics and score. Wonderful. Obviously, there are some composers that write mi- both music and lyrics. There's yep. some that write just lyrics. There's some that write just music. And obviously, there are some fabulous people that write all three. Yeah, indeed. The genius so, is out there. Um, it's quite a long list, isn't it? Very long list. Um, okay, here we go. This is going to be a long okay, one. listen up. So, our nominees are... Tom McRae and Dan Glassby-Sells for Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Irene Sankoff and David Hine for Come From Away. Yes. Patricia Resnick and Dolly Parton for 9 to 5. Jesse Nelson and Sarah Borelli's for Waitress. Lucy Moss and Toby Marlowe for Six. James Goldman and Stephen Sondheim for Follies. Joseph Stein and Jerry Buck and Sheldon Harnick for Fiddler. And Trey Parker, Robert Lopez and Matt Stone for Book of Mormon. And finally, Jake Brunger and Pippa Cleary for Adrian Mole. This is such a hard category because there's so many like different things I liked about each thing. You know, like some bits really stood out and some bits like didn't. Yeah. Really interesting. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to write down my nominations um, on, like, on like a whole, I think. Okay. It's a hard one. Oh my God, it's so difficult. Because don't you think like some of them, like there's definitely ones in here that I would like completely stand out for their score and lyrics. Yep. Like, and then other ones that I'd like stand out for their book. Like, I, yeah, I don't know whether I'd nominate something like Book of Mormon for like all three. Like, yeah. I think it's really great and the book is like hilarious. But I don't think it's as good as like other ones, you know? Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Would you like to read mine first, Luz? Interesting. So, you have chosen... Trey Parker, Robert Lopez, and Matt Stone from Book of Mormon for the book. Yep. And then the score, you've chosen Sarah Borelli's from Waitress. So I just adore, I'm going score first and lyrics. I just think Sarah Borelli's writing is just phenomenal. And there's so many songs in Waitress. Like if if you were to take Waitress and make a concertized version of it, oh my God, I'd be so in love with it just because I just think it is so good the music in it mm-hmm. um it's got it's just like own unique kind of sarah Bareilles style to it as well and like i was a fan of her music before she wrote this musical um and i just think it's heartbreaking like she used to be mine is probably one of my favorite all-time musical theater songs um and then book wise just like book of mormon i just think is so clever in its nuances mm. um and it's just so yeah it just really thinks about the musical theater convention and just really plays on that i think so yeah um, and Lucy, you've put Come From Away for your score. For everything. For and life. And ja- Jamie's your book. Interesting. Yeah. Why? Okay, so Come From Away. The fact that it's got this Celtic undertone, this very yeah. regional. It's very different, I think, to a lot of styles in musical okay. theatre. It like goes a- away from the, the traditional um, structure. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it includes stuff like an ugly stick and like a fiddle and stuff like that. These like um, more, I guess, I don't know. I want to say like regional, like country and Western kind of like yeah. instruments they include. I think that's really cool to include in musical theatre. And I think the songs have so much soul and so much um, this heartbeat that goes through all of yeah. the musical. I think it's really great. Um, so the reason I chose the book for Jamie, I think some of the conversations in Jamie some of the conversations are really, really great. Like some of the dialogue between Jamie and his mum or Jamie and his friends. And I think it's really nuanced the way he includes 
the now and like the regionality okay. of the accents and stuff like that. Do um, you, do you feel like the book of Jamie might be a little bit like behind its time, or that's cause just because that's what a, f- a few people have said about the book of Jamie? Just give your uh, your opinion on. Well, I think some of the conversations are. I think I think it's one of those things of like the story. Yeah, maybe the story and the f- the overall overarching theme may be a little bit behind. But I think the character relationships that they have and the little themes that pop up throughout are. I think some of the dialogue's great. Yeah. Like, some of the actual dialogue. Maybe the story needs to be rejuvenated, revised again. Yeah. Maybe. I feel as a whole, it's a little bit a couple of years back, but there are definitely moments in it where it really stands out as a very um, intimate and emotional book. Yeah. Um, and also, Come From Away. Um, some people say it's repetitive. What are your opinions on that? Repetitive? Like, a lot of, a lot of reviews that, that have not been so... Uh, light-hearted towards Come From Way have said that the score isn't particularly memorable and that it can be quite repetitive at times. Which I don't agree with. I don't know. I think it's a hundred minutes. Yeah. And in any musical, there's usually a reprise at some point. Yeah. I don't know. I can't actually think of a musical where there isn't some sort of reprise. Yeah. Well, I just think it's one of those things as well is like, because it is a constant heartbeat throughout the show, like, of course it then feels repetitive because it's always there. Yeah. But it's one of those really good musicals that the music is so integrated into the book that you don't necessarily need it to stand out. Yeah. Like, they have so many good moments in there where, like, Me in the Sky and Somewhere in the Middle of Nowhere and bits and pieces like that, but... I think where people are saying it does feel repetitive and like boring is because it's just, it is always there and it's constant, mm. but I don't necessarily see that as boring. I just see that as kind of, uh, kind of underlying growth and strength to the piece. So deliberation, what are we going for? Mm-hmm. I, I do love the score come from away. Should we go with come from away then? Are we going for best book lyrics and score? Yeah. All together? Since yeah. it's all three. Yeah. The winner is the winner. Congratulations, come from away. Woo! Okay. 2-0. <laughs> if we're tallying up. <laughs> um, so, our next one is a really interesting one that we had a little discussion about on our Olivier Awards podcast, which is best casting. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like uh, casting is definitely something we should start to recognise now, Luce? Um. Yeah. Uh, I think... It actually is really important in terms of gender equality. It's also really important in terms of progressiveness and making sure that we are colour conscious or colour blind when it comes to casting, especially some of the big, more commercial musical theatre that needs to take that step in the right direction um, and enter the 21st century. Hello. Um, I think casting also can... It is so... Um, it is mm, what I'm trying to say. Um, there's been a lot in recent theatre news about castings of shows, and because that's a thing that is announced before anything else, it's become so important to cast the right people. Yeah. And to make sure that you are doing something to make you're basically you're making a statement with you who you are exactly, casting, yeah. and I think it's definitely been put under the microscope over the past oh year absolutely i mean i know we've not been in the industry for like that long but like it feels that there's been a real push on who are you using and um sort of like what why what, yeah why them? are you using them so i think casting is definitely something that's really really starting to be pushed now and i think it's something that needs to continue to be challenged as exactly well. yeah so if yeah. you're gonna cast an all-white production of lame is why yeah 
So yeah, with I mean, I think there's a really, really good push at the moment for the right sort of casting now, which is really, really great. And honestly, it's really hard to decide between um, the nominations for this one. So we have um, Will Burton for uh, Everybody's Talking About Jamie, and Pippa Alien and uh, Nica, uh, Natalie Gallagher for uh, Come From Away, Anne Vossa for 9 to 5, Pearson Casting for 6, David Grindrod for Waitress, Jacob Sparrow and Wendy Spawn for Follies, uh, Pippa Alien again for Book of Mormon and Joe Halls and uh, Ellie Collier-Bristow for Adrian Mole. Again, this one's so difficult because there's so many ones in there that I want to give a shout out to for doing such good casting. Mm-hmm. Um, because there is such good progression at the minute. There's like one, two, three, four. There's four in there that I would definitely call out for exceptional casting. Yep. Let's see if we have the same thing. Three. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> oh, we did. So um, we've both gone for um, Pearson Casting for the casting of Six. You have, you're the winner. Um, so, yeah, Six. Chat to me about your opinions of Six. Oh, I just think it's so amazing, the casting of Six. I just think they've just changed the game. Absolutely, And the fact yeah. that it is colour... You could argue it was colour conscious. You could argue it was colour blind. But at the end of the day, they've created these six strong female roles. Different that, as well. Like, yeah. you know, unique yeah that don't have any defining characteristics yeah 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 yeah. literally nothing it can be and they broadcast that in their casting when they ask for open calls they say there isn't anything you should specifically prepare it's about what you bring to the role of Anne Boleyn it's what you bring to the role of Catherine Howard and I feel like each character has now just become an icon that like I can imagine every single young female or older female would want to play you know yeah you're like I I can be, I know I could be Anne of Cleves or like, I know I could be Jane yeah. Seymour. You and know? it's also nice to see different people's interpretation. Exactly, and I yeah. feel like, especially with the very first cast, I think it would be easy to just pigeonhole those six, you know, those six types, I yeah. guess, yeah, as yeah. the queens. But as you've seen from the casting of the crews, of the casting of the tour, they're not afraid to like go against mm, this definitely. already persona that someone else has created, yeah. which I think is really interesting and will continue because that means that there's always something new with every cast they bring in, yeah. which is different to compared to something like, I don't know, like nine to five, that those characters are kind of set in stone yeah. and you need like a specific skill set to play each one of those characters. Do you know what I mean? And also how we spoke about these uh, these six, or including the swings as well, that um, bring in this sort of fandom as well. Like you can bring all your account to a character, but if you haven't got that fan base behind you, you know, it's, it's six wouldn't be thriving as much as it was. So mm. to be casting these sort of personalities that can really go out there and bring bring that fandom in as well and i think we have to give a massive shout out to the swings as well grace who was the first original alternate swing whatever mm-hmm. all six you know to be able to cast um female roles that can really cover such a wide breadth of voice oh goodness, character yeah. dance ability you know it's just it's crazy yeah and like also shout out to courtney stapleton she's now played all six queens and yep. vicky mansa yeah, yeah um also there's the new ones that are coming like colette can't remember her second name yeah um, absolutely they're uh, doing another cast change soon aren't they so yeah really so october 16th guys millie and maya are leaving the cast yep so get your tickets. Exciting. <laughs> if exciting. you want to see them before they go. So yep, congratulations cool. to Six for our uh, best casting award. So the next category is best supporting actress. So the nominees are as follows: Lucy Shorthouse for Pretty Pasha, Bonnie Langford for Ros Keith, Marisha Wallace for Becky, Laura Baldwin for Dawn, Tracy Bennett for Carlotta Campbell, and Amy Ellen Richardson for Pauline. Yep. No. Um. So Lucy Crothers went for Laura Baldwin. I, I went, do. I do agree with this actually. 
part of the, okay, so this is my reasoning behind Laura Baldwin, is that I think in the industry, you put up with a lot of rejection and you put up with a lot of heartache over parts you don't get. I don't think anyone will probably understand what Laura Baldwin went through oh when God, she yeah. probably got cast as one of her dream roles for then it to be taken away from her by a celebrity casting choice of Ashley Roberts and that's nothing against Ashley Roberts but for her to then sit backstage every single night and be on standby not even as first cover as second cover dawn heartbreak 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 but she is now back in the cast and I think like just for her to continue with the production and not to let her ego yeah take her away from it and she be like yeah. yeah she could have been like no i, I no, i'm not staying on I'm a gonna... twitter rant or something yeah she didn't she remained professional both on social media presence and in person i mean no one's heard any stories about her you know berating any of the producers or the casting directors or anything like that um and i think the uproars mainly come from other people at her yeah, situation no I think she is a she is a phenomenal performer as yeah. well. Like she has such great charisma and energy on stage, and yeah, just as a person, regardless of her acting ability, to go through something like that, you have to be a very very strong person, mm-hmm. and to then walk back onto stage after that and be like, okay, I'm just gonna I'm do, back now, yeah, yeah, is a real feat. So I think yeah, I think she's she really deserves some sort of credit for for what she's kind of been through, um, and also it's a very standout role as well. I think when you see Waitress, you kind of understand that Dawn is one of probably one of the best parts and best moments of the show. Yeah. Um, my reason for Lucy Short House is pretty passionate is I just thought this character was just was beautiful. You know, she sings it in that song, but to bring such a vulnerability to a role that has never really been seen before on British musical theatre, I think we was it you that mentioned she's the first ever character in a hijab on stage. Yeah. Um, and to be able to give a story from that sort of perspective is just amazing. And I do think she did such a good job of it. She has a stunning voice, like mm-hmm. really, really beautiful. She has probably one of like the two, of mo- probably the best moments in the show, in my opinion anyways. Um, and I just think for someone coming, I think she's just come out of drama school as well, to be able to take on a role that's got a so lot meaty. ride. Yeah, that's yeah. got so much riding on it. It's and also weight to that role as well. Yeah, and You're also, representing a very large majority of the population in that one image. Yeah, and also I think like it's it's quite easy to fall into the sort of sidekick of Jamie, but she doesn't. She is her own entity and she's her own character throughout the show. And I think that is a real feat is to not necessarily feel like the sort of shadow of this, especially with someone like Luke Bayer or um, uh, Leighton Williams. You know, you can easily fall into sort of the second Definitely. sidekick role, but she doesn't. She holds it her own and really is that kind of powerful uh, character at the end when she stands up to the bully. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Who are we going to go for? I think you pretty swayed it. You swayed did, it. Did I swear it, Lucy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I do. Again, I think Laura Baldwin is phenomenal, but I just think as a character and really bringing that own unique aspect to it, especially such a new and innovative character as well, I think as I well. I agree. So congratulations, Lucy Shorthouse. You are our winner for Best Supporting Actress. Okay, our next award goes to our Best Supporting Actor. Um, our nominations for this one is quite a, f- a small amount, actually. Yeah. Um, is David Hunter, Dr. Pometer in Waitress, mm-hmm. Peter Forbes as Buddy Plummer in Follies, and Stephen Webb as Moroni and Elder McKinley. Yeah. You remind me of a girl. I want- Lucy, you speak his praises because you love him. I so. love him. Yeah. <laughs> I think the first time I ever saw Waitress, I was like... He- oh, have we said who it is? Oh, David Hunter. <laughs> no, David <laughs> love Hunter. you. Marry <laughs> <laughs> me. Um... So the first time I ever saw Waitress, I thought he was perfectly matched for this role. Vocal type characterization. He had the comic timing. He had the nerdiness. He had, I think 
depending on the actor, you could make Dom- Dr. Palmer look a bit creepy. Yeah, no, I completely agree. he does, like, follow her to a bus stop. And yeah. he... I don't know. He's a bit awkward in that way. Kind of like Seymour from A Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and... He makes it so... So he's having an affair on his wife as well. That's yeah. like another, another bit that's a bit how like... You ha- you're like villain in you know, every yeah. other show ever. Um, but you're kind of just like, oh, you're so cute. Um, but I feel like he's really grown into his own, especially the second time I saw Waitress. I thought he was hilarious. He was ad-libbing. He, you just knew that he was in total relaxation on stage, that every word he breathed, he was fully embodying that character. And those little tidbits and those little things that he was adding was because he knew that the audience were just going to laugh it up and he was comfortable enough yeah. with Lucy, his partner, and the trust that they had together that they could just ad-lib. Like, there was this hilarious moment in the second production where where she comes in after she says, in the dark, dark chocolate pie, the um, coat that he'd hung up just fell off the floor and it was like one of those moments where like, oh my God, everyone started laughing because it wasn't supposed to happen and they were laughing on stage and it was one of those live theatre moments that you just knew, everyone in the new room knew that this was so live and like, this will never happen again. I just think he's great. Yeah. And I just, he's very natural as well, you know, like you just, be- he's one of those actors that you just watch in everything, every small little thing he does, you just believe it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, real credit to um David Hunter, he's also just, an, uh, he seems to be an amazing guy with the whole thing that how uh, Waitress has been dealt with and all this kind of casting news and all the backlash that's kind of come from that. He's very active on Twitter in being like, understanding of both sides. Like mm. he doesn't, he doesn't get on the angry, like doesn't jump on the angry side, doesn't jump on the side of being like, no, this is what's right, you know. Yeah. So it's really nice to see him support not only his fellow castmates, but also the kind of development of the show. Definitely. Um, yeah, so congratulations, David Hunter, for Waitress. All Waitress are currently leaving in the two. Two, oh two awards. Um, wonderful. So our next one uh, is our you, Lucy, isn't it? It is. So this is the category for Best Actor of the Birdie Awards. So we have, obviously these are from the productions that we saw. So obviously we have yep. Luke Bayer as Jamie New. Alexander Hansen as Benjamin Stone, Andy Nyman as Tevier, Don Timps Don? Yeah, that's right. I don't know why I thought <laughs> I said that wrong. Don Simpson as Elder Price, uh, Oliver J- Jacobson as Elder Cunningham, and Aaron Geldof as Adrian Mole. <gasps> Catch your votes, everyone. You can also beep, play beep, along beep. with us. See yeah, you yeah, write down. Exactly. <laughs> <gasps> oh, Jinx! wow. We went for the same one again. Because so, he's a Don. Our winner of uh, Best Actor is... Um, oh, no, you say this is your one. Andy Nyman. Yeah. Tevye, what a Yeah, presence. I mean, I think we both went into the show not really expecting a lot. Well, not, not even not expecting a lot, but I was just like, oh, okay, like Fiddler, like everyone knows it. I, I'm sure it's probably going to be good, but I wasn't expecting it to be wonderful. I think he was like fantastic. I, I like, just don't... Fiddler really confuses me in my brain because all the way through the show, I was like, I don't know if I'm enjoying this I just don't know. Yeah. And then I left and I was like, this is a great musical. Yeah. But then I don't, I just don't know. I'm just very conflicted I in my I think it's because he was so likeable on stage. Yeah. And you, like, immediately from tradition, you were like, okay, I'm glad we're following this man. Yes. And not, not even that he was a sense of, like, you just kind of followed him. He had such a growth in his character too as well, which was so believable. And it was nice to see this kind of, like, burly, like, uh, patriarch, uh, patriarchal figure 
um, who started off very like I believe in my own ways, kind of transform into this more understanding, compromising. Yeah, uh, and also with a hard hitting show like Fiddler on the Roof, there's some very big yeah. and quite topical issues that are discussed in it, and that he also had the perfect um, comedy, yeah, the comic relief when it was needed, like the beginning of. Rich, uh, oh my god, Rich, Rich Man. Man yeah, when yeah. he was like cracking his neck and he was like, oh, it was just hilarious. Also, I think we need to appreciate he pretty much is on stage for most of the show. Like, and he's in the preset as well. Yeah. he he. <sighs> you follow him throughout. I mean, you have moments where you see the couples with the youngest sisters and stuff, but Tevio is pretty much nearly in every scene, so... Um, and to be able to keep up with all the, like, the dancing as well is he's, like phenomenal. Like, he Andy Nyman, is like, jumping around. Yeah. Up and down. Pulling that cart. Yeah, there is no yeah, he's pulling that. He's pulling that car. <laughs> yeah, and to lead such a big ensemble as well, and to be such a standout, and really hold the production for its own, I think is a, again also a really good. Uh... And the fact that he hasn't done a lot of musical theatre recently. Oh, is he, he? Isn't he still in Fiddler at the moment though? Yeah, he's in. Oh, okay. Sorry, before Fiddler. Oh, before Fiddler. Because yeah. he was. He's a magician, right? I did not know that. I think How he's a magician. Interesting. That's Double check so my funny. facts, but I swear down he's like one of the leading magicians and was on a tour. Maybe, yeah. It's an, it, okay. Maybe it might not be magic, but he's like a comedian, or like he he doesn't. He, do yeah, he doesn't theater. do. Yeah, well, that would completely make sense because he has that sort of showmanship. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Sage presence. Yeah, he worked with Darren Brown. Yes, I thought he was yeah. like a magician. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, that's so weird. How cool. Yeah, as an accomplished magician and mentalist. Wow, good on Andy Nyman. Yeah, slay the game. Yeah, <laughs> So our next award is the final one for all of our actors. Actually, no, it is not. We have a little one afterwards. You're but just lying to everyone. Um, it is for Best Actress. So we have, an, again, quite a few uh, nominations for this one. Uh, so this one we have Rebecca McInnes for Margaret New, um, Caroline Sheen as Violet Newstead, Amber Davies as Judy Burnley, Natalie McQueen as Dora Lee Rhodes, Catherine McPhee as Jenna, Janie D, uh, Janie D as Phyllis Roger Stone, um, Joanna Riding as Sally Durant Plummer, Judy Kuhn as uh, Golda, and Leanne Robinson as Nabalungi. So, oh, Lucy has her answers. I also have my answer too. Will we have the same again? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was just an easy one for me, I think. Uh, just. Jane, she is everything um, I aspire to be or like, everything I want to ever achieve in life. Yeah, so you obviously, if you've listened to our Follies podcast, you understand that we didn't have the most amazing feelings towards the show. But Janie D has star factor. She can do everything. <laughs> you've got the X factor, Janie. She has, she has the X factor. Just the fact of like, she, you know, she'd just be acting a scene and it'd be really believable and really amazing. And then she'd just crack out a banger and she'd be like belting and it'd be phenomenal. And then she'd just like a like. She would just whack her leg up in the air. You know, like it was, there's just nothing she can't do, you know. She is a quadruple threat. Yeah. And also I just, I hated that whole square, triangle, love square, whatever that was. And I just felt like Janie D's character was the only thing that I was really I was like, I want you to have both the men. Because at this point, or maybe none of the men. You don't need I, them. Yeah, I don't. I was like, you just honestly. Janie, just, have just to, leave him. I was like, Janie, just honestly leave the show. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> walk into like walk Book out. of Mormon or something. <laughs> you deserve some other show. Yeah, I think, and as well, just to kind of have that sort of stage presence in such a big theatre like the National Olivier Theatre. Um, if there was someone who could encapsulate an entire theatre with a monologue, or uh, the audience was hanging off her every word. As yeah, soon as she yeah, spoke yeah. on stage, she has incredible diction, projection, intonation. Every line has an intention. You can tell 
her character arc from the minute she sets on the stage to the very end of the thing. You can tell that she is living, breathing, eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is phenomenal. So congratulations to uh, Ginny D for Best Actress. So this is the award to end all award. This is Be Best Ensemble. Three, Three, two, two, one, come come from from away. away. Yep. Easy, easy peasy. Why? It's, it's changing the game. It's it is, cha- the game has been changed. <laughs> I just it never will be the same again. I think to see twelve so unbelievably diverse people on stage, um, sharing the stage as well so equally. I think one thing that's so nice about Come From Way is that there are no standouts. Mm-hmm. As in, it's not in no one stands out. They all stand out, but there's no one that takes the limelight and has the show for their own, you know? Do you know what? And I think the opposite, there's no one that fades. Exactly, And yeah. I think that's probably more yeah, important. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Because at the end of the day, although ensembles in things like Waitress and 9 to 5 and Book of Mormon, although there are, there is very big standouts in all of them. Yep. And there are a lot of people that fade. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that fade. And obviously it's a little bit different because obviously in Come From Where you have these 12 individual stories on top of, 12 individual stories on top of another 12 individual stories but to make sure that each individual character is portrayed authentically or portrayed um believably to an audience is just a remarkable feat and the fact that the precision in Mm, each of those um prop exchanges and the set coming on and off to the slamming down of the chairs to the intricate choreography and to do that every single night with the same precision with new cast members obviously you know there's going to be times where the alternates are there and i think the alternates should be definitely included it's not just the come from away the 12 people that are the main 12 people it's every single person who's standing at the back of the stage like some of those alternates have to cover every single well they do they cover yeah, every they single female and every single male role wow yeah also they just feel like a family as well you know like some ensembles you get that sort of nature that they come in they do a show and then they leave like these guys from come from away just feel like they love every single moment yeah. of it. And i mean to be fair you would if you were up there performing that every i mean night, so rachel Tucker, um most days in her social media does little posts um about her castmates and come from away um on the Come From Away Instagram, um, two of the lovely cast members used to do this segment called Me and This Guy, and it was oh, about this yeah. little chat, and they talk about the show, they'd answer questions from fans, they'd um, have other cast members on as like guests, um, and I just feel like some shows bring people together, audience and yeah. performance, and I think the fact that the crew and the cast and the band are all mm. so integrated into each Yeah, and I think we have to make a little shout out there, yeah. I think, as well, with band, because band is such an unrecognisable thing as well, and I think if we were to do a big nomination for the band, I think we would probably give it to something like Come From Away as well, just because they are so integrated into not only the story, but just into, like, the stage and the way it's blocked. And I guess you could say the same about Six as well, but, like, Come From Way, you know, like, there's that energy that they're all there as together, they're all there as a group, they're family, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, um, congratulations to Come From Away, Best Ensemble. If you haven't gone to see Come From Away, you need to go see it. 
Um, on to our next award then, which is our most innovative creative. Now, there's obviously been a lot of amazing creatives that have come through the shows that we've seen, but we are making this award for particular people that we think have stood out in their own field. Um, this could be a director, a choreographer, a uh, sound designer, lighting designer, costume set designer, um, mm. any of those uh, that we particularly feel have kind of done something above and beyond what is expected of them. So our nominations for this one are Kate Prince for Jamie. Uh, she is a choreographer. Uh, Christopher Ashley's direction in Come From Away. Um, Gareth Owen's sound design in Come From Away. Gabriella Slade's costume design in Six. Vicky Mortimer's set design in Follies. Uh, Jonathan Lippmann's set design in Fiddler. And Tim Lutkin's lighting design in Fiddler as well. So Lucy... We don't have the same we people. Have we have completely different ones, actually. Oh, wow. Interesting. Really different ones. But I'd also agree with yours. Like, that, like yeah. they would be the ones that I would have gone with no. next. So the reason Anton put down Christopher Ashley and Gabrielle, Sl- Gabrielle Slade, the reason that I didn't put Christopher Ashley down is that he has his Olivier and his... T- okay, fair. Um, yeah. He's been in the game for a while. He has been in the game for a while. I also feel like... We know he's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. Um, I, I just think it was something like Come From Way because I just felt it was very different to what you'd expect from a musical theatre convention, you know? Like, um, I just think the way that it was blocked and staged and just things coming out of nowhere and sort of a character growth and progression, you know? Mm-hmm. I just... It just really was something different and refreshing, I thought. But again, I completely agree. Christopher Ashley has been around for a while. He knows what he's doing. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do agree with you in that kind of respect. Love... Gabrielle Slade's costumes yeah. and I feel like they're just getting better the more alternate costumes I'm seeing I'm yeah. like damn they're just really interesting and just very clever but without being clever if yeah. that makes sense do you know what I mean like they they really encapsulate if you were to literally take the Tudor Times and slap it with today's modern day like pop girl concert type yeah. look you know um, without being overstated or understated you know and yeah. the, just the use of colour as well I think is a really good kind of uh starting point for what you know about the characters and stuff um yeah i just think it looks it looks and i also like that every single person that comes in to be cast as an alternate gets their own costume yeah they do i do think love gabrielle slade's costumes i think they need to change the costumes for the main six if it's a different cast oh interesting only because the I think the six costumes that were created for the six original West End when the costumes were updated yeah for the Edinburgh Fringe. are definitely styled for those six girls I agree so like and Jane Seymour's costume it, is very Natalie very Paris. Natalie yeah. Paris yeah, and yeah, yeah. that costume on other girls I just don't think it flatters them in a way that that's, the that's other ones do yeah. only because Natalie Paris has the most incredible boobs in the entire world like they literally are amazing um and that costume was obviously centered around this obviously her figure and how and also like some of the cruise girls obviously um and of cleve's costume is like this it's very suited towards um an athletic build isn't it athletic it's quite an athletic. i can't remember her name mcintosh uh, oh, Alexia McIntosh. Alex- sorry, the Anna Fleet costumes centered around Alexia McIntosh's body, and I just feel like it can be the same colors. It can just be a little bit different, but maybe that's they're trying to keep the consistency with like the six queens. Yeah. And-, and I guess there's never ever a problem, but I think it like it really plays into uh, a character and a look. I guess mm. maybe you know, yeah. like you are serving a look as well as like a character. I think on stage, especially with just the divadom of you know they've got to have this sort of all rounded. 
Yeah. I just think it makes the alternates just stand out like loads. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, there's an alternate on because they're in black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know they've swapped, they've started swapping up some of the colours of the alternate costumes. I know one of the ones on the, the cruise has a baby pink costume. I've seen that. It looks really cute. Wow. Yeah. It's like mermaidy baby pink. But also, I don't... I think that's such an interesting and clever thing to do is to constantly change the costumes as well because it keeps it fresh. And like, mm. I'm so obsessed with the costumes. Like, I freaking love them. And when there's a new costume on, I'm like, oh, yeah. wow. So like, yeah, absolutely. I'd love a bit of baby pink. Yeah. Yeah. Give me give me some... Um, give me some orange, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, like, you know, something... I mean, I know we've got gold, but yeah, I'd love to see some like... Like a really orangey orange. Like a bronzy brown as well or something, you know. Yeah. Yeah, be interesting. Um, and what about your uh, your noms? My noms. Your, de- your decisions. So, the set for Fiddler. Oh my god, yeah, it is. I just don't think I can ever get over it. The it fa- there's not a lot of sets where I've been oh, like, I do can really I that, actually, yeah. get closer to the set? Can I be in it? Yeah. The detail. Yeah. Also, it the looked well, like it went on forever. <laughs> literally. I was, and the fact that it, it's, it's not immersive, but it's inclusive. But it, it, oh of my god, the it is! It feels so immersive, you and know. Like it just took over that. And I didn't feel like I was in a theater. I felt like I was in Russia. Yeah, you were like Anatevka. You literally were walking, breathing Anatevka. Everywhere. Everywhere. I remember when we got in and we went up to that front of house guy and we were like, "Can we just go into the go box?" And- you can sit in this. You what? can sit in the set. You can sit in the set. It was. It yeah. It was so cool. And the fact that I never once was like looking, oh, I usually do this, but like looking up to see like, you know, how they have the nice faces in the theatre and how, looking at the architecture and, and I was like, no, I'm so focused on this mm. set. The set is so much more interesting. And I, I and think. the colour scheme. Yeah. And we have to really incorporate this with Tim Lutkin's lighting design as well. Mm. I think the two of them just together worked on creating that Anatevka atmosphere. Yeah. So perfectly. But no, I completely agree with you. What about Vicky? Vicky Mortz. <laughs> friggin look oh my god it, yeah how can you not but this was like spectacle you know this like, is spectacle yeah. with three spoons of spectacle yeah like, and a little dash of spectacle on this, top of that i mean this shows what the national theater can do mm, yeah i agree national theater although is probably they they broadcast themselves as being like the heart of british theater you know we're great they can do spectacle like no other. Mm. I've seen productions there, so it's a production of Our Country's Good. Honestly, still think about this today. Where a actual ship emerged from the revolve. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> that's fine. Like, everyone's like, mm, revolve, les mis, barricade. No, you don't understand. The stage was 2D, flat. In the opening scene, an entire ship emerged. I was like, what is going on? This is insane. Um, wow. Vicky Mortimer. The glitz, the glamour, the decadence. Yeah, because she did the colours. costumes as well. So, yeah. It- Just think about each costume is so detailed like to create even wow did, did i told you that story about the swarovski crystals didn't i yeah yeah it's just ridiculous it's like crazy. someone is actually sat with a pen like this big and i've been like um insane crazy yeah oh who but who are we gonna go i i do think it's between your two well i you know what i feel like it should go to jonathan Jonathan Lipman. I think it should go as well. I th- I mean, I don't know if I've... Again, I don't know whether this is the most innovative set design I've ever seen because I may not have... I, there might have been a production that we've gone to the West End that have sort of done something like that. But for me, it was just amazing. Yeah. It just was incredible. 
it was so cool because i kind of think like that's what you see at very at smaller venues that maybe are producing houses that maybe yeah. can t- afford to turn their well, was at the minia have you ever been to the minia chocolate factory no. I went in the other day, uh, the other day, the other day to see Bridges, and it is not the biggest theatre. And I was like, how the hell did they get Fiddler in there? But it must have been way more like immersive in the sense of it being on top of you. Yeah, because I don't feel like they had any wings. No, or oh, they did, but it was at the back. Yeah, at the front. yeah, yeah. And the doors, obviously. Yeah. The doors, which I think actually led to houses. Like if you told me there was a house in there, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, I would believe it, and I'd also believe that then there was a street behind that house. Yeah, and then there's another house. I could just visualize like that when they would run in from the square, I'd be like, I know exactly where yeah. you came from. And when they would open the door of the house, I was like, I know exactly. Like when you walk in, what's in front of you? Yeah. The table. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, the table. Right. I just would be really interested in going behind it and see what's actually there. I think I'd be so shocked. <laughs> but I, you just imagine how the houses build as they go backwards. Yeah. You know, like it's just an upwards thing instead of like a depth thing. So. Yeah. Oh, it was just so cool. I loved it. Compa- kind of like comparing that to like something that Vicky Mortimer did. It, it's on two different scales. I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's innovative rather than spectacle. So yeah. it's different and gritty. Yeah. This is it, Lucy Crabbers. Dun, dun, dun. This is it. So, the final award for tonight's broadcast is um, Best Show. Best Show. Obviously. But is this our normal Best Show? No. Is it, it, yeah. This is not our normal Best Show. Tell us a bit about... This award might be named Best Show, but it probably should be named Most Innovative Piece. Yeah. Because this is a show that is not a revival. This is a show that has changed the face of musical theatre. This is a show that is changing it up, switching the game, restamping it, rebranding it. Yeah, we don't really want to give a best show because, like, that's so recognised at like the Olivier and the Tonys. Like, this is more something that, yeah, yeah, is just different. Yeah, it will change. It will change. It will change musical theatre for years to come, and has changed permanently. We can't go back. Yeah, we can't go back. You've changed and you're not changing back. No. So, the nominees for this prestigious award are... Everybody's talking about Jamie. Boop, boop. Come from away. Boop, boop. Six. Boop, boop. Very different. Yeah. Three very different shows. Although very ensemble-based. Yeah. It's very true. Even Jamie. Yeah. Interesting. There <laughs> we go. Uh, so, we've both actually gone for the same answer again. So, uh, our... The show that we've given for most innovative piece is loose. Six. Six. <laughs> yeah. Tell me. So, in terms of stylistic structure, yeah, we've got the concert. We've got this, the us. We've got a one-hour, ten-minute show, which is a game changer. No one is sitting through three-hour musical theatre anymore. Um. We've also got this six powerhouse women right in the terms of Me Too, right off the back of um, the movement in gender equality and also just getting those strong female roles out there. The six of them. There's no men. It's an all-female band. It's a nearly all-female creative team. It's history. It's steeped in knowledge and education and turning something that usually is glossed over by a patriarchal society in this kind of archaic point in time to his her story yeah 
it's reframing something that structurally is taught in a way in schools that's ingrained in us it's reframing a time period that um is glossed over as a male dominated subject i agree yeah and i mean like we can we uh like sing the praises of come from way all the time and it is a really good show and has changed the game but just in the way that it's shaped especially the west end mm. um, and what people now expect of musical theater or want to see in musical theater i think six just stands out so much um again when we spoke about casting like you're they've they've just changed everything like every single aspect of what we expect from musical theater they've gone you know what we're gonna do it differently by two 23 year olds yeah yeah or 22 when they wrote it 21 i don't even know it's probably disgusting but <laughs> oh yeah um but like the story it's different so different to anything we've seen before the style is so different to anything yep. we've seen before the set is so different to anything we've seen before um the music is so different to anything we've seen before the casting the clever marketing the yeah. mega mix the fandom is something that i don't think yeah the fact that they go above and beyond these performances the fact that they do things like the sing-alongs the tower of london flash mob that, yeah that was like honestly insane it looked the amount of security that they had to have yeah um that they are literally taking over the world they're going to sydney broadway boston, the wrong cruise, like, yeah. boston like they're literally going everywhere they're pushing the show it'll be interesting to see the reception in mm. countries such as sydney um broadway yeah and broadway and see how long it lasts there i just see it soaring it's just one of those shows that just will do well i think i mean it's got that magic to it i think you know like you can you can go in being like oh i don't know but it just captures you i think yeah i also feel like its target audience is just very perfect yeah the fact that it's like a bit risque that you can listen to it as a young child and kind of like the more adult jokes go over your head parents don't mind you listening to it because it's fun it's peppy um there's no f-bombs or bad words um do you know what i mean like yeah it's perfect it's a social media frenzy yeah and the fans are the social media frenzy and to be honest i feel like the this musical success does i would say about 60 percent is down to the fans i agree I completely agree. And the clever introduction of the Mega Mix. Or the Mega Six, as it's <laughs> yeah, called. Yeah, the Mega Six. Yeah, no, it is, it is absolutely phenomenal. So, yeah, Six is our most innovative piece of our season. So, are you doing the overall I've, scores? I've got our overall scores. And actually, we have a four-way tie. Whoa! So, um, on one award this evening, we have Jamie and Follies. Well done, um, Jamie and Follies. But on two awards of our sh- of this evening, we have Waitress, Come From Away, Six, and Fiddler on the Roof. Interesting. So, yeah, quite an eclectic mix of awards out there. Definitely. Um, and we hope you've enjoyed our little award ceremony. Me too. Um, and agreed with our opinions. If not, let us know. We're always interested to hear what other people think. Um, but we want to say overall a massive thank you for joining us this season. We've actually really enjoyed doing this podcast. I feel like we've become so knowledgeable about things now. Yeah. Um, it's really nice to go and see theatre and just like talk about it as well. So if ever you out there always feel like you have something you want to kind of put your creative mind to, then absolutely start up something like a, a, a podcasty, uh, musical theatre type thing. Or write theater. a blog, write yeah, you a YouTube channel. I feel like yeah. there's, there's a lot of people that love talking about theatre that 
will watch your videos and will want to listen to your podcast because everyone's opinion on theatre is so eclectic mm, and if you learn always interesting anything from like these conversations is that I never considered that or wow I, I watched the same thing as you and you know we have completely different opinions you might have loved that musical I hated it it yeah, was awful exactly talk we've about been, it we've actually been quite um similar on our views for shows this season I wonder if uh I mean what the, yeah maybe I wonder if in the, the future. future we'll have some uh, quite polar opposite I mean yeah yeah. I think, like, if maybe we should go see... But the thing is, though, like, we have to go see things together because yeah. otherwise we'd be going alone. But maybe if we did go see it alone... And then, then don't and, talk about it. And yeah, then, and then yeah. combine. That would be so interesting. But then also then, sometimes if we have pride. Fight. <laughs> I thought it was terrible. Um. So where can people find you, Luce? So you can find me on Instagram and um, Facebook and... I'm making a Twitter next week. <laughs> what? She's getting on the Twitter boat? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um. So please don't send me abusive tweets <laughs> no but it'll be probably lucy helen performing arts or just lucy helen depending on i don't know how twitter works yet so interesting i'll show I you know your... what, i don't know how the handles work uh... <laughs> maybe someone already has my name <laughs> yeah maybe um and then you can find me on instagram antoine xoxo that's with two e's you actually need to change that. <laughs> uh, maybe we change for season two <laughs> and then um anton underwood on twitter um but yeah thank you again for joining us um we will be back hopefully in a month or two um to start, maybe next week who knows maybe next, um to start season two we have hopefully some exciting ideas for shows that we want to go see um, but we'll be continuing our uh little adventure in the west end theater and um, talking about more shows and hopefully doing some things a bit differently so yeah. join us then season two choo 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 bye guys bye guys bye.